Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Minnesota Rocker. Today it's me, Ashley, aka Midnight on the Line, again with Brett, our COO. And then we have Andy McNamara from, right. from Game Informer, lifelong Minnesotan, right? Uh, no, I'm from Texas originally. Wow, I screwed this up immediately. <laughs> you said you went to <laughs> high school. I did go to high school. I mean, <laughs> I've been here a long time, yeah, so you, it's kind of like just to... You said you went to high school here, so I just assumed, like, yep, lifelong Minnesota. He's been here a long time. No, I've been Close on, enough. I'm, I'm from the world. Yeah, there you go. Well, I did two years in Texas, so we kind of went crisscross, applesauce, exactly. many years apart, but still, like, <laughs> still, still the same vibe. Um, happy to have you uh, down at the WeWork today. Shout out to the WeWork. This, I don't want to say it all the way, but this may be the final podcast episode we record in the WeWork. Not sure. That's maybe, maybe not right. It, it might be. Next might week's, be. I plan to do it from the brand new facility with the coaches and really get mm-hmm. a breakdown of uh, the event weekend. That's launch event weekend coming here to Minneapolis at the Armory, the 24th through the 26th. So you can get your tickets now at rockertickets.gg. We're so excited about it. Um, so I wanted to have Andy on today because, number one, we went over on your podcast. Yes. And thank you for that. Yeah, that was a really good time. Game Informer, if you guys, I mean, everyone knows Game Informer, first of all. If you don't, now you know. It's. <laughs> I don't imagine there's many people listening to this podcast that, that don't know Game Informer, kind of right? cross paths. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. If, if you don't know, well, now you know. It's, it's <laughs> the premier uh, video gaming magazine. I've known of Game Informer since, gosh, since I was a kid. Like, I would go to GameStop. It was right there, and it always had some lit cover, and it was, like, super cool. We did a lot of Call of Duty Covers. Did you? Okay. We've done a lot of Call of Duty covers over the years. Yeah. Yes. So we've been a big part of the Call of Duty. I think there was even at one point like an optic page in, in the middle. Uh, we did. That, yeah. Yeah, we did. With, when, with Scuff and we talked to that, we actually yeah. interviewed Hecht. He was like the first. Like, yeah. Uh, it was the first. You guys uh, were early though. Yes. It was like the very, It was. I mean, it was optical. It was cool, but it was before it was really cool. And you guys bit onto it right away. I was fascinated by what was going on at optic as I learned more about esports and as it grew and obviously i think you know uh this all the all the all the people involved with optic had their own stories including yourselves yeah you know what i mean that they were like really fascinating to me as like that grew as like not only just a content team but also as you know the green wall yeah right i mean it was a thing to know and they were really um i think a first um like big force at least as far as i could tell as far as like really getting the fans behind a brand that yeah. I saw as far as a team went. So th- they were super interesting to me. So of course, interviewing him, I thought, what's going on? Yeah. I, I, you know, we want to know. So we did, we did had a great interview with him. And uh, we also I remember did- the picture. It was like him, I think at their first optic house. He's got like a weird haircut. It's definitely like an old school picture. Ellie, I'll, I'll link you to it so you can put it up on the screen right here. But so it's a funny picture, but I just, I feel like Game Informer has been like at the center of gaming culture like that's where you just go to find out like reviews releases news like what was it like because i just found out fully like i had this <laughs> i had this like innate feeling that like you know you've been there from the start but your origin story with game informer is really interesting to me and i kind of want to hear about it a little bit uh how did you start working for game informer and how did game informer even start so you know back in the late 80s, when you went to go look for games, you had to go to a bunch of different stores. Like one store would not carry all the games. What? Yeah, it was weird. Hmm. So you would, you'd be like, oh, I want to play a Capcom game. Oh, they don't carry Capcom games here. I have Damn. to go other places. So this is, I was, I was heavy into NES games at the time. But my friend told me, he's like, there's a new store called Funko Land that's opening out in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And I was like, let's go. Mm-hmm. And so we went out there to that store and I walked in 
and I was blown away. I had never seen a store that had all the games in wow. one place. Uh, and they had a help wanted sign, and I was like, really? I, <laughs> I want to help. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I signed up, and, and I still know the guy who hired me to this day. Um, and uh, basically, I started working there, and I was I kind of quickly became the expert because I had played a lot of games. I mean, I've been playing games since I was a kid. I started playing yeah. games on um, like on servers, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Before, like in ASCII, like I mean, I'm early, That's early, like and I'm old, games. old, old school. Like the single joystick, like Pong. Was it that far back? It, it was. It was a terminal that went. We had to call in, basically. To I mean, I'm talking about like Stomp the Wampum, Star Trek. These are all ASCII games. Like even before Pong, like was in. Out wait. there, yeah. So before before Ashley was alive. Yeah, yeah. wait. Yeah, I'm, so. I was born in '89. I have '80s cred. Okay, I've now officially been alive for five decades. That's probably wrong. Four. I'm not sure. Quick math. But like, <laughs> I've. <laughs> I, I'm kind of from the 80s. Yeah, I mean, like it's. I, I mean, it's weird because I'm so young. But yes, <laughs> it is. It is one of those things that, like, I I, I grew up literally playing. If my dad used to make games for me, like he programmed games what? on his Mac, and like so we'd he'd make games that I could play. That's so amazing. That's really cool. So I mean, I so I was there for all the systems basically. Atari 2600. Wow. All of them, 5200, 7800, ColecoVision, Television. I mean, you name it. I was a part of that as a kid and growing up. So I was able to be an expert at this Funko Land. And then they were like, hey, we're thinking about starting a, a magazine. Would you want to work on it? And I was like, yes, I would. Uh, you know, basically when I was a kid, I wanted to be a rock star or a video game journalist. And so it was like, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> and so I started down that path. So when they started the magazine, I started just as a reviewer. I didn't really have a staff really yet. They just had one editor. Um, and so I was writing reviews like kind of on the side. And then I went to go help them at a CES. This is before E3. We used to, all the video game stuff was at CES. And wow. so I, went I didn't to my... even know CES was in the 90s, yeah? Yeah, so in Chicago. So it used to be the... Oh, so nice. in Chicago was the one that I first went to uh, yeah. to cover video games. Um, and then shortly after that, they hired me on to be an editorial assistant. And then within two years, three years, I was editor-in-chief. I've been the editor-in-chief wow. for over Dang. 25 years. Wow. So what, what year did, was it actually founded? Uh, so the magazine's first issue was fall of 91. Okay. So, um, I but I was working there in '90, um, That's with, so with awesome. the Funko Land. Wow. So yeah, so it's been it's been That's a crazy amazing. trip, and so at the time, like so, NES was finishing up when I started, and Super Nintendo was kind of just coming Gosh. in, and like Genesis was just taking off. So did like, you the Hedgehog. did you know while this was because I feel like maybe this is just my own selfish like timeline but I feel like the 90s was when video games really blew up like wide scale so did you have a feeling that that was going to happen were you like yeah this is really cool this is going to be big or like were you just like I really like this I'm going to work in it I mean I I felt I mean from the moment I started playing games as a kid the interactivity of games blew my mind and I was like this is an entertainment medium that will change the world wow I I mean I I I was 100% in on games like I very easily walked away from movies, TV. I mean, I still dabble in that stuff, but I mean, it, it was like far and away, games for me were next level. Feels like your right. own experience every time. Your yes. own unique experience. Yeah, and it's just, uh, and, and the thing that's that's been crazy that, you know, what I never would have predicted back then is that like, you know, I saw things like, they come out and go like, hey, the Sega Dreamcast has the internet on it. And you're like, what? Okay, Why? you know, I don't know what, what that does. What do you does. need that for? Or, you know, and I remember being at an E3 where there was like, you know, Sega had a thing in the corner. It was like, here's our World Wide Web page. And we were like, oh, cool. I mean, we literally at our office wow. had a time. We were like, this internet thing's pretty cool. Look at all these weird things we can find. Like, we didn't understand what effect it would have on games and where they would go. Yeah. Um, and the way it would change things. But we saw it all. I mean, like, I saw PlayStation launch and the way that CD-ROM changed the world. 
Um, and, and also too, then the last 10 years, the way that like uh, Twitch and esports has changed the way people consume games, the way that games are shown, the way that games are made. I mean, everything has been influenced by esports and content creators, right? How do you make yeah. things that people want to watch, not just play? Which I think is one of those things, looking back, then we never would have said, no one's going to want to watch us play games, right? That was my initial thought. I was like, or even, you know, like my dad was like, so they watch you play it instead <laughs> yeah. of playing it. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, well, it's you're kind of learning while you're watching, or it's just you know you it's relatable too, and you're maybe you're watching for the personality. It's all that. Yeah, it is. It's, it's all those things comes together, and I think that's I think it's a lot of for me at least when I watch, especially one of the reasons I like watching esports is like when you watch the professionals, you you go like, I never saw that line, like I didn't yeah. know I should be watching that window or hiding in this corner. I mean, yeah. not that they camp, but you know what I mean, like yeah, that just understanding what like, they see and how they see it, like through through their eyes to some degree, is something that you you can improve your game from and, yeah. and a level of of. I mean, I take those lessons and I apply them when I go play. Yeah, same. I mean, I'll be looking at a stream and I'll think, oh, I would, my breakout's over here, I would go over here, but now I'm watching this other perspective. I'm, maybe I learn a new line of sight or I pick up a different perk that, that that person uses and I'm like, oh, I could apply that. And then it's, I don't know, and, and the community aspect too, I think is the most yeah. important part of gaming. I mean, even like like through through the magazine itself, did you feel like a, a strong aspects of community as it was kind of developing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of the things that it, it was, back in the day, you know, we got letters, right? You know right. what I mean? Which is one of the things like you, we used to get a ton of mail, right? Which was kind of crazy. Uh, and we still don't, we still get some mail. Obviously everything comes through email now, but we do, we still do a thing where we take, people draw pictures on envelope art. It's like we used to, you know, used to yeah. do envelope art. And we still get thousands every month of like people who draw stuff and send it to us and it kind of is mind-blowing to me that it still does that like you have that much like fan because fan art's huge right yes that's so cool so we have a ton of it and so it's it's one of the things that's like the what do you do with it uh we we you know it's one of those things like we wish we had more people to do more with it like we should we should put every single one on like some weird instagram where we show every single piece we get that would be awesome um but we don't we just pick the top five or six and then we just kind of run them in the magazine every month but we get a lot and sometimes you feel really bad because you're like this art's not very good but like this kid's like four and this is horrible (laughs) right you know what i mean like like you know like this should win something but eh, you know you got a long way to go kid right yeah if you have any cool call of duty ones that you don't have a home for we have a whole facility to to decorate so yeah we can we can work on that for some of the yeah any any cool call of duty fan art you guys get i mean i'm hoping we get some up at the facility which by the way you're very much invited to come tour the new facility i know we're pretty close to you uh we're pretty close to the Game Informer offices here at the WeWork, but the facility is going to be in Egan, so you're definitely invited to get a VIP walkthrough. Uh, we're, I think we're just getting the furniture set up. Yeah, I believe I was, the... I was, I was down there today. I, I walked in thinking that you know, my office wouldn't be set up or anything. I'd just you know, set up shop at the like, sure. kitchen counter area. Yeah. And sure enough, there was a desk, and it was plugged in. Whoa. And I was like, wow, this is great. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great facility. We can't wait to Did you sit there at the light switch there. going, this works? <laughs> yeah, yep, I just, hey, I've got power. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, and and two, for, for your facility, or not facility, but like headquarters, where Game, Game Informers is headquartered, 
your guys' office is so it's just it's the full culture encompass. Like even as soon as I got up off the elevator, I was like, like I knew I was going to Game Informer, but I was like, holy shit, I'm at Game Informer. Like (laughs) this is like their place. And so going through your space, you guys have a lot of cool like memorabilia and everything from games uh, of games past. And they also have this giant, you call it like the vault, right? Is That's it correct. It? We so call it the vault. They have this giant vault full of games from, is it, every, it's not every single game. So basically. It basically is almost. Uh, it looked like it was pretty close to every single <laughs> it game. It feels like it. Um, you know, at one time, I think we were kind of ahead of the curve of creating big collections. And then, you know, kind of eBay and everything like that. I got people who would really like, oh, they would like, sure. they would like, like make catalog. it their day job, yeah. which it was not our day job. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's it's got probably around 12,000 to 13,000 unique games in it. Wow. Um, and it's just, it basically started, it's kind of funny, and we have the cabinets still at the office, but when Reiner and I, back in the in the 90s, like in 91, 92, when we were working there, we would get a game, like, we were like, oh my God, we got a game in the mail. Like, it was unbelievable, <laughs> that, you know, like, this is free. Can you wow. This is free. I can't believe this. We got sent a game. And, and, and so we were like, what do we do with them? It's like, well, we play them, and then I don't know, what do we do with them? So we, we just started keeping them, and we would put them in a, a cabinet. We were like, We'll just keep one of every game that comes in. It was just totally like a Bill and Ted moment where like he and I were just like, had this like, we'll do this, right? And then we just kept doing it, right? And then you were like, oh, now we need two cabinets. Now we need a room. Oh, now we need a, oh my gosh, this isn't gonna, and it just kept growing. Did you have to knock down a wall to make the room bigger? We did, Okay, I got that vibe when I was in there. I was like, this is an oddly shaped room. I'm sure there was some interesting like renovations. What I thought was really interesting, what was really cool when we were out there, and I mean, a lot of it was really cool when we were (laughs) out there, but when we all walked into this vault, so there were, you know, probably six or seven of us probably from our group and a lot of different, you probably had, everyone from you know 22 23 up through late 30s and you just saw like everybody just beeline for whatever <laughs> whatever they grew up yeah with, exactly right? yeah so like annie and i went straight for you know for the old school nes and, and snes and like everybody just went right to their thing yeah I would, like, where's I my would... favorite game from when i was 12 like that's what i'm trying to find on this shelf I that would... the, that's a great thing about you and when developers come into it's funny they're like i made this game i haven't seen this game in forever uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, like it's true everyone you know, runs to their favorite that's so awesome i ran to the grand theft autos because i saw it first but then i but then i had to go visit the cod section of course (laughs) so call of duty and grand theft auto has been my favorite for my whole life um so for for you as someone who obviously you shared like that you started gaming at a young age i kind of like relate a lot to that i started when i was five on super nintendo and just was super just immediately enamored and like good system to start on by the way yeah yeah i I was starting out i was doing donkey kong mario all that and i was like five i barely knew what was going on but i just was drawn to it is is it like special to you that this thing that you've been drawn to your whole life has turned into what it has now do you reflect on that often or is it just kind of like this is awesome i'm gonna keep going uh you know it's a great question i it's it's tough you know it's it's hard to look at your own accomplishments or anything like that, but I mean, I'm I'm super proud of, of gaming, right? You know, yeah. I mean, one of those things. It's it's been amazing to watch it grow up and be a part of it because you you get a chance to meet so many really really smart and passionate people and like yeah. amazing artists and just visionaries, right? You know, and and all along the way, like I, you know, I was very lucky. I got to meet uh, the guys when they worked, you know, the original Infinity Ward team when they were working yeah. on Call of Vince Duty. Vince Zampella. Yeah, you like, met him? and those guys. Oh, I've talked to those guys and hung out with them yeah. many, many times. Uh, I met and, Vince and, oh, I don't want to share the story. It's bad. <laughs> I asked for his autograph and I never asked for anyone's autograph really? ever. Yes, I had him sign a Titanfall controller for me. 
because he made Modern Warfare 2 and COD 4. It's crazy. And yeah. he's still kicking butt. And still kicking butt. And that's, that's, that is the, that is the amazing thing is that like, and I, you know, I was really lucky, like even Advanced Warfare or even the, the first Call of Duty, I got a chance to go visit the, the teams early wow. and talk to them and, and yeah. hear their vision straight from them, which is really fascinating. And I, I, you know, we even put it on the cover when we did Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, um, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Modern Warfare, the first one, we were like, this game is going to change everything. Really? Right? I mean, like, like when it, COD 4 was about to come out, you yes. knew. Like we, the kill I mean, streaks, like, the everything. I actually was, I made. I had a trip to LA that happened where I went to go see that game and I went and saw um, Avatar, which was because Ubisoft was working on Avatar as well. Right. I did a, just a just a kind of cryptic tweet that was like, I saw two things that are going to change entertainment, mm. like this, this trip. And then like that holiday season, Call of Duty happened, and it obviously changed everything. Going out of going, leaving World War behind, and yeah. becoming a modern game, and then of course Avatar, you know, became the the biggest box office movie thing of all time. So, yeah, it, it, that's that's some cool things you get to do, right, yeah. in, in this industry. And so, watching the change has been fascinating, and and the growth of esports for me has been great because I've always been a sports fan, right? You know, I've always right. been like. Uh, well, not always. I used to be a Houston Oilers fan, but I've been a Vikings fan for a long, long time now. There you go. Uh, and Minnesota sports. Solid um, choice. Exactly. <laughs> and so like when you guys announced that, that which I never thought we'd get a team, by the way. Same. I, 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 Same. I, I, I was actually going to ask that if you had heard any rumblings, because we felt like we kept that secret pretty tight. You did. Yeah. Uh, and no, I mean, there was thing... You know, maybe it's because we've been Twins fans for so long and the Twins never get any, like, we never get any of the good toys, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm just kind of used to as a Minnesota sports fan that you never get the good uh. toys, right? <laughs> yeah. And so when they were like, oh, we're going to have somewhere between whatever, seven and 12 teams, and I think maybe there were four teams announced. Were you like, maybe the fifth team announced for Call of Duty? You were pretty early. Yeah, yeah we were. Yeah, we yeah. were the, the sixth and seventh they announced at the same time. Okay, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was pretty early, but. The LA teams. When they got to like yeah. five or six in, I was like, there's no way we're getting a team. <laughs> and then when you guys uh, announced, you know, called, I guess it was called Duty North, like maybe at that point, uh, yeah. I was like, get out. Because I, I thought we'd have to be in New York or LA to be a part of that. So super excited about that. And so, uh, and I've been a big Call of Duty fan since, basically since Nade Shot kind of changed the world as it far really as like. Did. During Black Ops 2, just everything changed as far. And it, it's just crazy because, and that's why I think, like, your insight is so important, too. Like, when I was asking you about the 90s, like, did you know it was going to be big? Me going through, like, the Call of Duty and the esports side of things and Twitch coming on, like, at the perfect time. Like, watching all that happen, you're going through it and you're like, yeah, this is really cool. But you're not really fully, at least I'm not fully thinking, like, this is going to be huge. This is the future. Like, it takes a while to kind of fully realize it as it's happening. Yeah, and... and I'm curious, Andy, as you look at over the entirety of that time from the 90s to now, what are other other games or you know, not just games, but anything that you feel like revolutionized the genre? Because I've gotten that question and I always answer it through my just my lens of my personal lens, which is influenced by timing of when I was a certain age. Yeah, but I'd gotcha. love for your perspective, having seen this entire arc. Well, the first time I saw like someone be amazing at a game uh, was a guy named Thor Ackerland, who was really good at Tetris. So this is like Whoa. going way back. And like, so this is the first time I saw someone like kind of compete or show people competing. And this is like really, this is really grassroots. Like this is kind of like- Was it like a high score thing that he's competing the, for or? Yeah, I mean, that's the first time I met someone. Yeah, and he's just how hot, how far he could get in the game, which now I think people have gotten to the very, very end of the game since, but like yeah. he, he was pretty good. And I mean, as a kid, I wasn't in the industry yet. I did watch things like 
Pac-Man and the Pac-Man book thing happen and like all the things as far as like competitions uh, among Pac-Man and Space Invaders that happened at arcades. Yeah. Um, even the early like competition, which I think I think matters to esports, is that like, you know, when track and field came out and like we used to go when I was a kid, we'd go to an arcade in the 70s and early 80s and we would compete. Right. And that's when something like Street Fighter happened. Yeah. And those tournaments were the first real tournaments that I saw mm-hmm. that were like taking place on site. And you'd see, you know swagger and screaming and you know get in people's faces that has transferred to something that we can view and see you know across the whole thing but i you know i never really i always knew competition was a part of it because you know games at their heart have competition in them so you know it'd be like you know how how quick can you finish contract how can you i mean there's always competition mm-hmm. but i think this level of it being considered a sport is is new i mean i think it was more like that was what gaming was the yeah. arcade was competition um but to, to have it go to this next level is is really something I didn't see coming. And I, I don't even, it's it's interesting to think, like, what is that true, like, one point where it kind of, like, supernovas? Yeah. And I tend to think, and I think Gary said that when he was here for you guys, is he was like, it's when those events happen. Like, when, yeah. when like, Drake and Ninja play Fortnite. Like, that's... I, I still remember where I was when Drake and Ninja played. Isn't that so nerdy? Like, I, two other guys that, you know, I have no real connection to played a video game together and I remember I was like at my I was it was in the optic apartments at the time. We were, we banded together and watched. We like group party watched <laughs> them play together. It's but we it's because we knew that this is one of the moments where it's getting taken to the next level. Like you know people are able to take it seriously when someone as well known as Drake or even just like like now I see like a lot of like rappers or athletes who have now grown up in kind of this era where gaming was just really just everywhere and prevalent. And now it's it's a part of their lives and you're not really having to like beg, you know, someone to, to want to play your game or play with you when they have a genuine interest in it. Or I would even hear like back in the day, you'd be like, oh, Kevin Garnett likes games a lot. And you'd be like, oh, we should have Kevin Garnett come out and talk. And he's like, hey, you didn't really talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like people like people played games, but it was still like a little bit like, Who cares? I don't know, there was some shame maybe in it yeah. to some degree. And I think that's changed over time. For and sure. I, I think, you know, as it's grown to be such a big industry that it is. Um, the perception from from older people has changed a lot too. I mean, a lot yeah. of people in their perception of like what games are, um, especially is um, just everyone's grown up with games and around games and it's really changed the culture across the way. I mean, it, games culture permeates in everything now, right? And so yeah. it's hard to avoid. Um, so I always look at those like those kind of like those moments. And I like I said, I, I still think Nate shot with the like the guy was working at a McDonald's, gets mm-hmm. on a plane, go wins a million dollars. Like those are the kind of stories that change the way people perceive those kind of things. Like when um, I, I still think about those early Dota in, uh, internationals where like you're like, those those guys just won $6 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's insane. And now it's yeah. even, like, more than that. Like, so even, like, the League of Legends prize pools are just insane. And you th- and I think, like, that's a big attention grabber, obviously, for somebody who doesn't really follow it. And they're like, wait, hold on, for video games? But it really explaining and, like, having people understand that it is a sport in the sense that it is competition, but you're also dealing with the people who are the 1% of the 1% of the yeah. 1% who are like just that skilled to be at that level. And it's it's really fun to watch. But it's also been, I mean, I'm so excited for the league too in that like, you know, I've, I've as you said, I got early with Optic, you know what I mean? And following them. Mm-hmm. So I was following like Crim6 and said things like that. And I, I'd see them talk about it on Twitter and they'd be like, 
they were, I mean, they were, I'm maybe speaking for them a little bit here, but like you could tell from what they were saying, like they were upset that like people in Dota were making $6 million mm-hmm. and they were maybe making 30 million or $30,000 at a tournament yeah. split between the whole team, right? And these guys were skilled and they were at the top of their game, but their league wasn't there yet. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was just like, it just wasn't there yet. And so I'm excited for these players who I think are highly skilled and learn a whole new game every year yeah. are starting to get, I think, some of the recognition and support that Call of Duty has, has needed yeah. for a long time and I think lagged behind. I mean, I think the World League was nice, but that was mm-hmm. a step, you know, that was yeah. just like the kind of the first kind step of, towards that. Yeah. Uh, I, I look to this, the, the new league as like the first real opportunity to take big steps forward for Call of Duty as an eSport. Yeah, and I think it's raised the, you know, certainly the level of, professionalism in terms of the resources that they have available yep. to them. Yeah. And I mean, we, you know, we had the guys at our new facility this afternoon um, and, you know, they're going to be there every day, you know, under the same roof. And it'll be interesting. We've talked about it on, on this podcast, but it'll be very interesting to see over the course of the season, you know, where maybe half the teams in the league have players living in the same city. Um, you know, we certainly hope that them, you know, playing under the same roof I think that matters every yeah day. I, I think we so. think, especially we think with Minnesota well, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. you know how Minnesotans are yeah yeah well yeah I mean that's that's one of the interesting things as we were going through the free agency period there were a lot of players that um that simply you know I don't blame them for this right if you're they didn't I, want to come if, to Minnesota well, well I'm not gonna say no I blame them for not wanting to come to Minnesota Minnesota's awesome yeah Minnesota's amazing they, but I don't, they were I don't afraid blame, of the weather yeah, no but I don't I don't blame someone from someone for saying like look i want to live where i want to live yeah yeah and i'll sign with a team that allows me to do that gotcha if you have that option um and a team is offering that go for it right um and but it was important to us to have the players living here both because we felt like it would it would help from a team a team building and camaraderie standpoint but even just from building a fan base and maybe it's just you know minnesotans in this market but i I mean i've lived here my whole life or i I grew up here lived elsewhere for about 10 years but grew up here um love minnesota i don't know how you would build a fan base in this market if the players didn't live here i feel like people would would be would not be accepting of that i wouldn't i would be like dude this this kid flies in from la for six days at a nine month span to play his minnesota matches with our state on his chest i'd be like screw that guy you know well i mean maybe not that harsh but i'd be like come on now i mean i mean i may be being a little judgmental here but i mean it's like having an opportunity to be a professional esports player is a big deal and i think it's a big deal to be with your team and spend time with them outside of that i mean i think that stuff matters right i think that 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 ability to read someone else's mind is how you go next level chemistry yeah i mean i think i think that's important right so i mean i think anyone that doesn't want to be in the same town as the rest of their their other players you know, I think they're they're putting themselves at a disadvantage, right? Yeah. I, I, that, that's my take. I mean, I think yeah. that, that I agree with you. I think it's important that you get yeah. everybody and there. I'm just even just as a you know as a sports fan in general, I've always been fascinated by different teams that take different approaches, and you know, I'm just very interested to see over the course of the season how that how that makes out. a difference. Yeah. yeah, how yeah. it plays out over the course of one season, multiple seasons. Um, we certainly hope it and expect it to accrue to our benefit, but but we'll see. I, I think it's interesting to. I mean, I'm always fascinated by different opinions when it comes to stuff like that because, I mean, obviously, yes, you're gaming, it's virtual, you have good internet, you can play, you can still effectively participate in the team's activities that you need from wherever as long as you have good internet connection, which is one of the pluses to, like, esports and gaming. 
But, you know, for, for what we're trying to build, if this league is going to come in, take it seriously. We have great ownership who's going to take it seriously. They're providing us this insane facility. And even like in some experiences that I've seen with team houses, they don't always work great because you're cramming them into yeah. one space all the time and you're, you're just that's where introducing drama yeah like degree, yeah. like you need to have a way to kind of separate and do your own thing so i think a couple of the guys share apartments a couple of them uh live you know alone in apartments and that's you know we let them choose that obviously like if you want to live alone you can if you want to bulk up yeah. you can so they're, they're, they're on the same apartment house? building <laughs> <laughs> yeah just rent out vikings players houses for the house yeah no problem yeah. yeah they're on the they're on the same apartment building in egan but they've got you know some of them share you know two bedroom apartments yeah yeah but so, they're such a great group of guys too and they you know like no ego guys work hard. I mean, I've been I've been continually impressed by how hard these guys work Same. to just perfect their craft. I mean, they want to be the best at this game, and they're willing to put in the time to do it. No different than you know any professional athlete or any professional at anything. Yeah, yeah. You gotta put you gotta put in time. There's for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's been great to see, and you even see like and I don't want to speak for other teams or other players, but I've seen some other players, and especially like ones that that we participating in talking to you throughout the offseason like we talked to every player got their perspective but you know their perspective that was shared with us is now not what's ended up happening yeah you know? and so with our guys it's kind of been great to see like they told us they're serious we're serious about them we bring them on they're still serious they didn't just say oh i got the contract it's done let's go you know they're they want to win. Sicilian Assault, they won COD Champs like a year and a half ago. And to see them still just so dedicated to the grind and wanting to like uh, f still maybe feel like they have stuff to prove. I feel like even after winning Champs, they've been underrated. Um, and I, I hate saying this because I feel like we end up saying this about most Minnesota sports teams, but we're hella underrated, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's good. You know, maybe that's good. So we, you, you know, you don't go into the season with a bunch of pressure on your shoulders, but we're, we're really excited to see where this takes us. And, and for you mentioning like that, you've followed the COD scene for a while. You've got to be hyped up about some of the matches uh, that yes. are ready for next weekend, right? Like those are literally, when I saw the slate, I was like, this is all the matches that, that people want to see. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, when I looked at the schedule and I saw Huntsman versus Empire yep, first game on that. Friday, I was like, this I mean, those are old teammates going at yeah, it. Like, is, I'm in, yeah. right? That's good scheduling. I, no, I think and the exciting thing for me is, as a fan, um, is that it, I think because we haven't had anybody other than scrims kind of go on, yeah. like, who knows who's good? Yeah. Right? Like, it's all I mean, different I, I when think, you get on I land. think every game is going to be interesting because it's, it's, the people are going to watch the people play and go, this is how they're playing. It'll be the first time they kind of view in a competitive format, I think. And so there'll be people learning on the fly, teams making changes on the fly. I think it's going to be super interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm excited for next yeah. weekend. I, I'm, I, I, uh, you got your weekend pass I, all ready to go? I, I, I don't yet, but I, I, I think we're, we're, we're talking to the team. I, I, I think you're, you're, a... you're cordially invited. Yes. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. you, yeah. you yeah. will yeah. get the, the rope with the back doors, <laughs> come on in, VIP, whatever. Uh, I, you know, I'm excited to, to, to come and see the games. I, I will be there. Uh, like I said, I, I was like, I hope people, I hope there's people pre-gaming. I don't know what bar's close, but yeah. like, you know, I want, I want to, I want to get down go. here and start talking and yes, and, and, well, especially uh, on a Friday because it kind of the matches start a little bit later on a Friday, so yeah, I think it's three or two, something mm -hmm. like that. I think yeah, it's the first game, not so, too bad. Yeah. So we're pretty excited about it, and I think just like, I mean, you know, just from being in Minnesota for as long as you have, and and all of us, like, when you heard that not only we have a team, but the first events coming here, were you just like? 
I was blown away. I didn't yeah. think. I didn't. Uh, once again, you, you, you. I did not think that was going to be the answer. I thought it would start somewhere else. Starting like in LA, Minnesota. It's always in LA. And it's always in LA, or even. And, and I didn't know it would be at the Armory, which is a great venue, by the way, as well. So I mean, like, I think there's a lot of really cool things lined up to make this a pretty crazy weekend. Um, and um, you know, I do. I do have one question for you guys. Like, so is there? Is there like everyone just plays a match? But is there any kind of like tournament structure to it at all? Yes. There so, is. so well, there's no exact tournament structure to this weekend, but the the matches that are going on, they're all predetermined, right? Yep. Great matchups. Yes, a ton of them. Ten points per win. So the point system. Uh, so every team's gonna play twice. So you can walk out of here with twenty points, and all those points are going to lead into seeding for the very first tournament. And so ah, the okay. matches, like, you're not going to, like, lose and be eliminated. You're still going to play your predetermined matches. I think they did a really good job, like, kind of matchmaking those. It feels like kind of like a UFC card. I don't know if you watch UFC, yeah, but yeah, watching, yeah. like, <laughs> the fights, like, you're like, holy shit, it's going on. You know, it's, there's some heavyweights. In yeah, there, yes, yeah, yeah, there's some heavyweight matchups in there for sure. And so we're super stoked about that. But, yeah, so you're going to get points based on winning, and that point system is going to kind of start to stack up and it's going to lead into seeding for the first tournament and then all year throughout the league the tournaments uh will be points based as well so if you play like first you get was it like 30 points or 40 points yeah okay yeah you get basically the entire season you get 10 points every match you win and there's an uh, there's a bonus for winning a tournament yeah okay so ultimately okay. there's a play there's playoffs at the end of the year so that Every the tournaments on a weekly basis feed into this playoff structure. At the okay, end. gotcha. But yeah. for you know, for the first one, um, you know, they really focused on creating. You, you talked about earlier creating those, the those really the rivalry matches, the grudge matches. I felt like that was the right way to open this league was with those really cool matchups. Um, and just is also a little easier from a scheduling standpoint with 12 teams. You want them to have yeah, the even number of games across yeah. the first weekend. A 12-team tournament yeah. is hard as hell to pull off in three days. Yeah. So I think that was part of it, too. It's a lot of games to grind through. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah. and and you kind of want – and this is truly like this first event it is, is a celebration of the league, so you want to be able to see your team play at least twice. And I think that's why, you know, we're just so excited. We're excited to play – we're playing the Gorillas Friday night. It's a Patty P. So Pat, mm-hmm. I saw them that, when I was when I was at the Game Awards. They were walking really? through the lobby. I saw oh, the Gorillas nice. walking through. I was like, Hey, look at that! What yeah. Do you know? So so Pat was on the team with uh, Assault and Silly when they won champs, and now they're they're no longer. They had a rough year last year, and now they they've all went their ways or whatever. So that'll be a good matchup to see. And then Sunday we play Toronto. I don't. I believe we're calling it the Battle. Of the yeah, North, you guys don't. We, you guys you guys are going after them. It's the North for sure. Yeah, that's right. Well, they. They're wrong. And they, <laughs> they, they keep wrongly saying that they're more north than us. They think they we have, represent. We have lat- latitude. Latitude. Geography. Geography is on our side. Yes, we're winning the geography battle, and we may or may not have referred to them as flat Earth truthers from ah, time to time. Yes. All right, yeah. fair enough. They're, they're, I, don't I like know. making fun of Canadians. Exactly. They're, they think that <laughs> Toronto is all of Canada, but really that's where all of Canada lives because it's all just, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. Sorry, Toronto. Much love, but not. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're really excited and we're excited to have you there. And, and I just, I really am glad you came on the show today just to kind of, you know, talk about your genuine enthusiasm and get kind of like your timeline in gaming because I just think it's so fascinating that you've been able to kind of really watch this thing grow. I mean, I've watched like Call of Duty and the esports side of it grow, but to watch like all of gaming as a whole grow from when you have and to be such a, you know, intricate part of it and, and game informer and a thing that everyone recognizes in the gaming community, I think that's really special. And 
so awesome so oh, well, thank you yeah. well, thanks for having me it was a lot of fun I, I i'll talk call of duty whenever you want i'm, I'm <laughs> awesome. down on the i'm down on the call of duty esports so yeah, yeah damn yeah. well maybe we'll have to record again when we yeah, have you out to the yeah, yeah certainly yeah. yes Absolutely. yeah we'll we'll get a i think we're gonna have our own podcast room and it'll be it might almost have as many bells as whist- and whistles as your guys studio. <laughs> no, that, that was pretty that was pretty sick i don't think i don't think we're gonna yeah, be there on their, day one, their studio is pretty sick they had like headphones and like it was it we're was still nice. excited we got these lights yeah, yeah. And they're very nice we look great if you're watching on youtube <laughs> shout out to you hit the like button subscribe if you're listening on wherever you're listening to podcasts which because you can we're everywhere where podcasts are thanks for listening please give us a rating if you want to maybe two stars at least i don't know out of five probably like maybe a four i don't know but uh appreciate you guys listening and watching if you are and that's pretty much all i got shout out to the we work for having us we may this may be the last one it may be i'm thinking maybe it i think so depends maybe. i like being here for the history yeah you're you're here to like kind of mark <laughs> mark the evolution now we're, we're decisive this might this might be a historic last podcast at we were i think it is because after the event we're moved to the hq right and maybe, maybe we'll have a special edition talking about the event between now and then that's true you're right you guys should do one outside the armory Ooh, right now when it's like zero degrees, yeah. it's supposed to be six to 10 that'll, inches. That'll be a quick, that'll be a, yeah. quick, that'll be a real special edition. It's supposed to be six to 10 inches of snow tomorrow. So we'll see. Maybe we'll be making a snowman outside the armory there or something. There we go. But anyway, excited to see you guys all at the armory next weekend. Make sure to get your tickets at rockertickets.gg. If you haven't yet, you should, because we're going to be there. The, all the teams in the league are going to be there. It's going to be amazing. Minneapolis, January 24th through 26th. Armory, did I hit all the points? I think I did. Cool. Excited. <laughs> so excited to go to the event and see everybody. And if you can't uh, make it, make sure to watch from home because we're just so excited for the matchup. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Have a great day. Bye.